Dr. Nathan Barnhurst, a second-year osteopathic neuromuscular medicine resident at Michigan State University, joined me for episode two of the podcast where he shared his experience as an intern. It is a gem of an episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, let's get started. So this is episode two of the osteopathic um, manipulative medicine podcast. I'm here with Dr. Nathan Barnhurst, who recently completed his intern year in osteopathic neuromuscular medicine. And we're here today just to talk about your intern year. So Mm -hmm. is it okay if I call you Nate? Yes. Okay. So I guess before we get into this, let's talk a little bit about yourself, your family, what you like to do outside of medicine, where you're from. Yeah, so I grew up in Utah. Um, my wife, Lacey, did also. We've been married three years now. We've got a little girl named June. Um, she's 16 months old, and we've got another little girl on the way. Lacey's due in September. So that's the family. Uh, I just I graduated medical school last year uh, from graduated Lincoln Memorial University. Uh, the Bus College of Osteopathic Medicine in Tennessee, and uh, now I'm up in East Lansing, Michigan, doing uh, osteopathic neuromusculoskeletal medicine. I like to do so for fun. Probably one of my main passion is archery hunting, so big game archery hunting. Uh, I love the outdoors, um, just camping, exploring, uh, being outside being active, physical, that kind of stuff. Nice. Have you been able to do any of your big archery game hunting here in Michigan? No, but I have been preparing (laughs) for this. This is the the season. So this fall, I hope to go whitetail hunting. I have an archery target set up up in the basement (laughs) uh, so that I can shoot during this last winter. So I've been shooting regularly. It's set up in my gym down in the basement. Cool. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll be. I'm hoping to be ready by then. Yeah, so the fall comes around. Yeah, well, I got a couple be. months. Yeah. So that's exciting. Good. So that those are your passions. That's what you do when you're not in the clinic. You mm-hmm. practice archery in the basement of your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you hope June is upstairs. I imagine when you're when you're shooting she's, arrows. I try to make sure she's not between me and the target while I'm shooting. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That sounds like a responsible father. Yeah. Okay, well, should we get into it? Talk a little bit about the intern year. And, yeah, I guess my first question is, well, before we get into the intern year, let me back up a little bit. How did you get interested in uh, neuromuscular medicine? Hmm, great question. Uh so pretty much as soon as I realized it was a thing, I was just, I was all about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know that uh, DO physicians uh, were trained in manipulation. Um, like as much as I kind of studied about, you know, looking at what made, what was the difference between DO MD, like that was something I didn't understand going into medical school. Like I just heard that DOs were more holistic, supposedly, you know. Well, 
And so I, you know, I went that route and I was pleased to find out about the manipulation. Like when I started interviewing and stuff, mm-hmm. like I learned about that. Yeah. And then when I just started, as soon as I took, um, had my first class and we started practicing and I had, there were, there were upperclassmen, like second year medical students, uh, once I had started that first fall semester that were working on me and I personally, you know, I'd had a lot of injuries and pains and stuff and it helped me a lot. And so I experienced the benefits of, of it. And then I also am just someone who enjoys using my hands. I like thinking about things from like a physics perspective. Like I like thinking about mechanics and how Mm -hmm. things function. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to get my hands on people and like, um, help them feel better. And Mm -hmm. it was just exciting to me. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's very powerful when you're one, have your, your hands on a patient who might be in some kind of pain Mm -hmm. and through your training and the, manual manipulation that you do that patient walks away pain-free that doesn't Mm -hmm. always happen but when it happens that's a powerful experience not only for the patient but for the provider so cool and i'll just say it's even better when they come back (laughs) and they still feel better (laughs) yes which also does not always happen yes um you know it's it's you know everyone's at a different different place but yeah Mm -hmm. okay so you learned about manipulation during the interview period with osteopathic medical schools. You fell mm-hmm. in love with it because of the manual therapy and the healing benefits that you personally experienced. And then you obviously applied for a residency position at in osteopathic neuromuscular medicine and you landed at Michigan State University. Mm-hmm. And within the past few weeks, you've just finished your intern year. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so when you were sitting in my seat one year ago, mm-hmm. what was going through your head? Hmm. I mean, were you scared? Were you nervous? Were you like, my goodness, I am the doctor that these patients are going to ask questions to and expect answers? This is yeah. intimidating. Yeah, I... Hmm. I was going to... At first, my thought was probably definitely a lot of underlying anxiety nothing like in the forefront of my mind but now that you say that like it definitely was true I, I think I was even consciously scared realizing oh my goodness I am now an actual physician mm-hmm. you know patients are going to ask me questions and I'm going to give them answers uh, I'm going to be you know prescribing medications I'm going to be doing you know I'm I feel like unqualified <laughs> to be yeah. I, I I think even from before I went to medical school I really had a I was really maybe deluded isn't for lack of a better word I was deluded about how much physicians you know I kind of held maybe you could say I held physicians on a pedestal like I kind of mm-hmm. had a thought in my mind like oh physicians like doctors know everything like mm-hmm. they just know all the stuff um, and then it wasn't until I got to medical school and I found out like how much like the more I learned the more I realized we don't know um in medicine and like even just about the human body so but I still kind of held myself to that standard of like you know people expect me to know everything mm-hmm. and right. and I feel like I don't yeah that's there's scary. kind of that, that freaked me out 
yeah, I feel like there's always kind of the imposter syndrome where oh, yeah. you never feel quite good enough or up to par. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's there's a few approaches. You could just kind of become very recluse and um, very intimidated and maybe not strive to learn because mm-hmm. we, we can't know everything. Yeah. You know, even though many people do hold us up to those expectations, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it almost seems like in medical school, they, they, they want us to know everything because they throw so many details at, at us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like truly drinking out of a fire hydrant. Um, but yeah, that's impossible. And so... I don't know what else, what other approach to take than just kind of step back and realize, hey, I can't know everything, mm-hmm. but I need to know what's not going to kill this patient, yeah. what's going to help this patient. And if I don't know something, be humble enough to look it up or to ask for help. Yeah. Yep. That, um... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now... So you had a little bit of maybe underlying anxiety going into um, the intern year. The intern year is now done. Mm -hmm. And you said, hallelujah, thanks be to God, it's done. So what were some of the challenges during your intern year? Just keeping up with all the new things that I was responsible for. Uh, mm-hmm. so probably the main one would be like just charting, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Um, in medical school, so different, I mean, I know different medical stu- medical schools, you know, third and fourth years are some document a lot, some don't document as much. I didn't document as much. So it was a challenge to get, get up to speed as far as documenting and like getting through clinical counters in a time efficient way. Yeah. So trying to do that without missing stuff or feeling I was feeling like I was um, shortchanging the patient or like not doing like a, a good job for mm-hmm. them was a was a big challenge. And then also just the fatigue of like on the hospital rotations. I tend I notice I tend to get fatigued. Like I think it stresses me out a little more being like on the like in ICU and and internal medicine and so and. And just to preface, like our residency, I, w- I would say when I was many of those rotations, the, the responsibilities aren't as heavy as they are for like internal medicines. So, uh, you know, an internal medicine resident listening to this would be like, you had it easy. <laughs> like, I am aware. But, the, but I mean, it was, you know, sometimes you get home late, sometimes you're, you know, you leave early. So it's just a hard for the family too you know sometimes um yeah probably just balance learning to balance all that getting like staying up to date on like logging all the patient cases it's just there's mm-hmm. for me it was like a lot of things to keep track of yeah and try to keep up on and you're yeah. trying to i'm trying to be a good dad and a good husband and right. like right be a happy person at the same time without yeah. being totally neurotic and all that yeah, that's something that kind of intimidates me a little bit is the charting. You mentioned not having a lot of experience charting during third and fourth year. 
I think, I mean, I had a fair amount of experience charting. We used a power chart up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you use here as well, is power chart. So, I mean, that might be helpful. But yeah, I can, I can p- completely understand how intimidating that can be. Um, how many patients were you taking care of on like ICU? Oh, uh, not very many. I mean, they knew I was an intern and I didn't know what I was doing, so. <laughs> yeah, like um, five? Give me a second. I... Yeah, maybe five on some days. Okay. Like three to five. Yeah. Like five would be, I wouldn't have more than five. Like if I, it would probably have been a few of the days that I had five. And so as a neuromuscular medicine resident, excuse me, you're working with um, internal medicine residents, family uh-huh. medicine residents, all the residencies, right? Uh-huh. Are, do they give us less patient responsibility? Or are you getting the same amount of patient responsibility as an internal medicine resident? You're getting the same amount of responsibility formally and informally. So, like, they just see... So when you show up, you know, early morning, sign out, whatever, for the ICU, they're just, like, you're one of the off-service interns, right? And they're going to just divvy up the responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I say formally and informally because... You know what I mean? We sh- we're not treated differently. Like yeah. on paper, like we're, we're not differentiated from other residents as far as like being treated any different. We still have that full broad spectrum, that intern year, yeah. all the same responsibilities. But then also informally, I would say just because, so there were certain, there were other residents, you know, I felt particularly stupid. I, I, maybe other people feel the same way. Maybe not, but I felt like some of the other residents and were much more competent than I was. Mm-hmm. You, like, for example, the nurse coming to me like, you know, this, this patient's becoming, you know, he's like trying to pull his tube and he's, you know, he's becoming violent. He's pulling at his tubes and stuff. So we need to get something to calm him down, right? Mm-hmm. So for me to just even be like, well, I don't never thought about dosing of like how much Haldol does this guy need or just yeah. like, what am I going to give this guy? Whereas I feel like some of the other residents that were at that hospital, like that was their, they were employed by the hospital. Like we're employed by MSU. Yeah. We, we work at, at the hospital. Um, I don't know. Like I, everyone just kind of fills out how, how you know, where you're at individually yeah. on an individual basis. Like I would say some of my uh, cohort, I bet they would probably were they probably were rock stars in the ICU and just yeah. were really solid on that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, everyone was really, I, I just had a really good team and they were really kind in helping me out and I yeah. did what I could and we all worked together. So it just, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it just depends. Sure. I mean, I, so I finished my last rotation the beginning of April, the first week of April, you know, fourth year mm-hmm. of medical school. And so it's been April, May, June, three months where I haven't really done much medicine. You know, it's yeah. just been kind of vacation, 
um, a little hiatus from medicine, a little mental break, mm-hmm. some traveling. And so I think that's something that kind of scares me is going, hopefully my first service isn't ICU or internal medicine because I feel like, yeah, if a nurse comes up to me and is like, hey, the patient's pulling out their lines, be like, um, um, give me a second. You know, I need to look something up. Like I wouldn't have an answer right away. I wouldn't yeah. know the dosing right away. But, you know, like you said, I feel like medicine is kind of, it's teamwork. And if you don't know something, you can look it up yeah. as somebody who you trust probably verify that they're yeah. right um but yeah i think it's it's probably a steep learning curve for everybody yeah well i think it just depends like and i think there's yeah i think everyone's at a different place i mean everyone's training is a little like there's there's some uniformity across it but some mm-hmm. some people are getting a lot more experience a lot more hands-on a lot more yeah. you know other people are being a little bit sheltered, like they're not mm-hmm. really throwing, you know, challenging the medical students uh, mm-hmm. like they were. Like, honestly, like my third and fourth year, like I always heard these like horror stories and I was honestly a little underwhelmed. Like, yeah, I studied, yeah, it was long hours, yeah, but like I never felt like they were, no one ever by any means gave me too, like was giving me more responsibility than they should have. And in fact, I felt like sometimes I should have been getting more. Yeah. And so then I felt like, I kind of felt the, burn of that when I started intern year and I'm like mm-hmm. man I, I'm seeing that other people like are more familiar with this stuff and maybe it's just because you know they had already had two rotations in the hospital they're kind of familiar with yeah. things maybe yeah. it was that or maybe they're just much better at what they do yeah. and that's yeah. okay so. so what did you do to try to like pick up the pace and pick up the pace uh or did you feel I like didn't, there was there was no time. there was no picking up the case. <laughs> Let's just be very clear about that. <laughs> You're just like, hey, this is me. This is Dr. Barnhurst. I'm doing my you, best. You and... can't run. You can't run faster than you have strength. That just period. Yeah. And you like I would say you know just like general third and fourth year medical student answers like you know prepare for your surgery cases the night before, like review your anatomy. Right. Um, look up, I would say just like be familiar with like how to look up dosaging for medications, like get familiar with your, like if you want to use Hippocrates and that's what you're going to use, like be, just know how to look stuff up quick. And cause mm-hmm. that was part of the issue. It's like, yeah, you can look anything up, but it's like, do you have time to really look it up Yeah. when you're there? So like, it can be helpful to like ask to your cohort like what are some like common things like you were having to do on each rotation and like just kind of looking up and reading about those and just being familiar with the landscape because mm-hmm. it's not just the like you're learning the the clinical thought process and diagnosis and what labs to order and stuff like that during medical school but mm-hmm. kind of some of the logistics like I wasn't at an academic center for my third and fourth year so like even just understanding the structure of like being around residents and yeah. and interns and like having medical students around and how they interact and with attendings versus just interacting with residents. Yeah. That was all kind, kind of, of new to me. So. Yeah. So if you would suggest any resources or apps for intern year, because I am about ready to get started with intern year, what would you suggest? I mean, I, I do use Hippocrates to look up medications, what they're used for, contraindications, as well as um, dosages. Anything else you would suggest? 
Uh, just depends on the rotation for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just did. I, for me, I did Hippocrates for the yeah. for the dosing. Okay. Uh, and other than that, I was just looking up. Other than that, I was looking up just specific things that I thought were relevant once I kind of got in there and I was, like, getting exposed to things. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, everyone was really understanding. Like, honestly, it's not like... There were moments of frustration on both ends, but for the most part, everyone really had... Like, everyone knows that they can't really expect a lot out of you because yeah. you're an intern. They kind of expect that you don't know anything. Um, not literally, just kind of, like, relatively speaking. Sure. Can you... Tell us a story about maybe one time that things didn't go so well and then another time when things went really well. You have any? One time, a time that things... Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. <laughs> you know? And then another time we're like, hey, you know, I did well. This patient got good care. Um, <clears throat> pat on the back. The that's a fair question i'm gonna i don't have a good answer for either of those though it's okay uh i do have however another thing that came up to my mind about as far as like challenges of first year mm -hmm. and this is honestly probably the biggest biggest one bigger than any of the others i shared uh are you okay if i just talk yeah, about yeah right absolutely now? so and it is the difference between finding and treating somatic dysfunction in somebody's body versus treating, finding and treating what is clinically relevant. So for me, the big, there, there's a little bit of a challenge for me, even like in medical school, it's like, well, how does like OMM fit into the big picture of medicine, right? Because I'm in the clinic and I see them getting a history, I see them doing an exam and they're like prescribing medications and they're doing mm -hmm. this stuff. And then they're teaching us OMT, but I'm not seeing that in the clinic. And I don't know, like, how is this fitting in? Yeah, yeah. So, and at our clinic, we, it, it's, it's not like this in every clinic, but our clinic is unique in that you have to have a referral. So we're a specialty, we're a specialist, it's a specialty care. So the patients that arrive to us are, they have a primary care provider they've found like there's something specific that they are referring their patients to us for. It's usually like, you know, something like back pain, ankle pain, like sh shoulder problems, mm -hmm. someone who's declined surgery, but they're also having issues with someone who's doing poorly with physical therapy. And you're yeah. talking about the OMT clinic yeah. that we have at Michigan State University. Yeah, yep, exactly. So patients are coming to us, right, for a you, generally, it's like a pain complaint, and we do all the medical stuff, right? We get a history, we do a physical exam, we do a structural, osteopathic structural exam as part of that physical exam, and we're finding all the, right, I can find somatic dysfunction in a healthy patient walking down the street who doesn't have a complaint, and in here, you know, students are finding that in their partner who doesn't have a complaint. It's like, oh, like right here in your back. It's like, oh, well, it doesn't hurt my back right there. Well, it doesn't mean you have a range of motion restriction, hypertonicity, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So no one ever really talks about like, like you learn the basics of visceral somatics, but like having a patient present and being like, well, there's a lot of somatic dysfunction, but like you don't have like hours and neither is it like valuable to like sit there and treat every little thing. Mm -hmm. It's like you really got to focus on 
what's clinically relevant, like, and just treating what's relevant to the complaint. Um, and that's really kind of the art of what we do is like recognize, and even just being able to recognize like this patient's pain is out of proportion. Like, like I'm feeling the somatic dysfunction and it's there, but it's not like it's out, it's their, their complaint or their presentation is out of proportion to what I'm seeing with the somatic mm -hmm. dysfunction. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it doesn't line up. Yeah. So they're probably not right. For, you know, like, you know, maybe if they don't have any contraindications, we'll treat them. But obviously this is not the whole picture. We're going to get them to somewhere else, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So learning to, to differentiate that was probably the biggest challenge for me. Cause I was just very detail oriented. Like I wanted to like, mm -hmm. I would get, you know, I want to do everything. I want to do all the things, but yeah. you just got to be, you have to be efficient and, and effective. And so learning where that line is, is really probably yeah. the theme of, for my intern year and the challenge of it. So are you referring more to your work in the OMT clinic at MSU, or did you also try to look for viscerosomatic dysfunction in patients in the ICU when you're on the ICU service or when you're on the internal medicine ward? Yeah, so I am primarily referring to the clinic. So my specialty, the I have the OMT clinic, where people are referred to us for manipulation. Uh, that's what I'm referring to. But that being said, on all my hospital, you know, on my, whether I'm doing OMT in the hospital, like as its own rotation, or whether I'm on another service, but I'm still examining a patient, I do the structural exam portion relevant to what they're complaining about, like looking for viscerosomatic reflex or tissue texture changes, looking for those things to kind of help just honestly, just to educate my hands, mm -hmm. like to, so like my brain understands like, oh, okay, this is what this feels like, or, oh, maybe like if I, just to kind of help me get a, get a sense. Um, Cause really you have to just like, no one can, like, that's the one thing you don't get in medical school. Like you're not, you're literally just treating healthy lab partners, med right. young medical students. But then when you get in the hospital, you know, you feel someone's back and you're like, well, that was hard. It was a back. It was kind of hard to feel around the, cause they're sweaty and they're tangled up in the hospital bed sheets right. and you're, you know, trying to push on their back. And it's like no idea what I'm feeling. And so, but once you do that like 15 times, you kind of get a sense for yourself like, okay, this is kind of the normal, um, once you get past the novelty of it all, you kind of become aware like, oh yeah, this is, this is not normal. Oh, you see the same pattern, you start to recognize patterns. So I just tried to, to get that exam and I would recommend all medical students like third and fourth year you're that's literally like attendings don't expect much they like they just give you all your time basically is to go and examine patients and then present to that the attending yeah it's like use all that time to be educating your hands mm -hmm. I, I think is a, is a good practice and so for me I've, i'm still in the process of educating my hands to like sure. feel what a viscerosomatic reflex is versus just like a twisted vertebral segment in somebody's yeah, back i see so how how are your rotations different from a family medicine resident intern? Are you doing the exact same services that they're doing plus doing an OMM month? Or how, how is that working? Yeah, so we're, 
I can I'm I'm not expert to say what's different, but for the most part, our rotations are the same. Like we're doing a lot of the same core rotations. Okay. ICU, general surgery, internal medicine, fa- in inpatient, family medicine inpatient, family medicine outpatient, um, and then we have like several electives. I think that in general, the family medicine residents are doing more nights in the hospital. If I um and some of this is a function of where we are because the family medicine residents are they're with they're contracted with the hospitals where we're working at okay. and so that's like their home base like we kind of function as a consult service and like as off-service residents at those hospitals okay. but that's their home mm-hmm. and so i think you know they're they're taking more call um doing more of the core medicine stuff okay so we do do you have a service of omm do you have omm service or do you go to the omm clinic once a week or yeah we do so as far as our clinic goes we have continuity clinics so we don't have a a outpatient clinic rotation so starting from you know the beginning of your intern year we are spending two half days a week in clinic treating our own patients, right? Our continuity you know, clinic where we're seeing our, our own patients. And then as a, an actual rotation, one of our rotations is OMM inpatient. So we go to the hospital, we have a, a list of consults that, you know, if you're on the, that rotation, you're gonna go early in the morning, you're gonna see uh, the babies that were born that we were consulted on, you're gonna see the, uh, the post, um, cabbage, uh, cardiothoracic surgery patients, uh, and then yeah. any of the other hospital consults that, that we've gotten, you're going to see them um, for okay. OMT in the hospital. Okay, cool. Um, so Dr. Barnhurst has a haircut that he's got to get to. Do we have time for one more question? It's an urgent haircut. Yeah, we absolutely have time for Okay. So another big part of... <laughs> Intern year. I can't believe is... you. Tell them, tell them the hey, whole world. That's right. Haircut. Ducking out early for a haircut. We all need to get our haircut at some point. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so another big part of intern year is taking your level three boards. Yeah. So can you talk to us about when you took your boards, how you prepared for boards, and what it's like studying for boards during intern year and that whole experience? No. <laughs> no, because I have not taken boards. Oh, you haven't yet. Yeah. Okay. So most of my most of my colleagues have uh already taken level 3. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm I'm going to take it this winter. Oh, you're taking it this so winter. So our okay. So each resident is a little bit different. Each residency is a little bit different. I think I think it's most Residencies, just in general, I think, require residents to complete level three prior to transitioning to second year. Yeah. Uh, ours requires it before we transition out of, from second to third year. Oh, okay. And okay. so, as busy as I was and overwhelmed, like, I just found, I intended to do it, but as busy as I was, 
I just found myself pushing it off. That seemed to be like the last thing that I was really pushing to get done. I didn't really feel like an urgency to get that done. So I see. But most of most of my colleagues, they you know just got a QBank, just did questions, yeah. studied for you know a number of months until yeah. they felt like they were prepared and then they just went and took it it's like I think it's a little different than the, the previous exam it's like two days and you right. do like two you can do like two half days right I think okay okay that's to be continued yeah. that'll have to be a follow-up session okay um so let's see do you have any idea of how you want to practice neuromuscular medicine when you're done with residency I mean, this is two years down the road, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love teaching. Um, and so I want to be teaching. Uh, wherever I end up going, I'll be um, at least part-time uh, teaching faculty, and I want to have a clinic. So whether it's asso- associated with the university or if I end up having my own private clinic, I want to do at least three half days of clinic where I'm seeing my own patients. Okay. So that's the main thing. Just I want to be teaching, and I want to be... So you plan on doing part-time at an osteopathic medical school teaching like the OMT lab yeah, yeah. or maybe even the lecture? Yeah, the lectures in the labs. Like I'll be involved in the curriculum and, and moving that forward and helping osteopathic students to kind of see how OMT fits into the broader picture of medicine and how it can be incorporated. I see. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's very exciting. Um, any final words of wisdom for the osteopathic medical students who are listening? And I, and I guess I'm, you know, thinking about those medical students who are sitting through the, the OPP labs and are thinking mm-hmm. to themselves, man, this is a waste of my time or why am I even here? I don't understand this. Yeah. I don't, I'm not palpating any somatic dysfunctions. You know, I really just want to be studying for my pharmacology exam that's coming up in a week. Yeah. Hmm. That's, uh, that's a really... I guess really what's, like, what would I have to say for those? Yeah. I mean, I think some, you know, some people just have less interest. Some people have decided, you know, before they really understand it or are are good at it, that it's not something that they are interested in. And I think, I mean, that's fine. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. everyone, I think, is at a, at a different level of interest. I think, hmm. I think it's important to for people to experience the benefits. Honestly, I think it'd be nice if more medical students were getting treated. I, maybe it's I think, and they do get treated sometimes, but I would hope that a lot of the medical schools have. Like in my school, we had it was called greet and treat. We would go, you know, once a week, and we'd have like an hour or two in the evenings where people from the community would come in, or people from the university would come in, yeah. and we'd get the opportunity to treat them and practice what we were learning in, in yeah. class. And it's a totally different experience when you're actually approaching someone who's coming to you for help. Right. Even you're not in a formal clinical setting, like they're there, you're the one that's assigned to to help them, and you're actually having to put the skills to use. That's when it becomes interesting and exciting. And, you know, we have, I think a lot of people think, well, you know, what's the big deal? I don't care about back pain. I don't care about whatever. Like the standard of care is to give, you know, muscle relaxers and and prescribe them some PT. 
it's like well yeah i don't i don't that will help that will help some people mm. but you're gonna have patients that that doesn't work on like we see all of the cases like tons of people that just it doesn't work for so yeah. what are you gonna do for those people like do you understand OMT well enough that are you like understand what we can do for your patients um so i would i would just urge people to think about what can i do for the patients that the standard of care doesn't work because i would i would argue that i would argue that you know, there's a lot of failings as far as neuromusculoskeletal medicine like as far as musculoskeletal care i think medicine falls short in a lot of places and so i think we fill a good we fill a very important role for our patients uh, and I would like to see it offered broadly throughout the United States and it's you know I, I don't blame the, like I think there's a lot of people that aren't going to end up using OMT in their day-to-day -day practice I don't blame people like in the hospital physicians that aren't using it because like it, it's just crazy the uh, the burden of like paperwork and all the stuff that people are expected to do but yeah but it is cool to see and and hear the stories of like you know just being with the surgery residents that are, they're using OMT or they're benefiting from that OMT. Um, like I, I I have seen the OMT serve physicians of many different specialties very well, and so I think honestly a lot of that comes from just like being over overworked in, in med school. It's just overwhelming, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so when it comes down to like what's going to kill me really like what's going to take me out of the game it's yeah. the pharmacology test it's not <laughs> it's not it's probably not omt yeah. uh, lab so you know i mean you like i get that you know i just you want to be studying for that because that's what's going to mm -hmm. save your bacon right but mm -hmm. so i would just say you know i would just say keep keep uh keep soldiering on and and uh just be patient, keep working, working hard and learn all that you can get as much experience as you can. Um, try, it's good to get treated, like try to get treated by someone who has experience. If you have something that actually like you need help with or like try to hear other people's experiences with it as well. I think that helps give perspective. Cool. Yeah. I think that was really important for me getting treated. I have a lot of just lack of range of motion in my left ankle from a, a basketball sprain and getting that treated with the fascial distortion model, you know, has brought back quite a lot of range of motion. Mm -hmm. So I think when you get treated, like you said, you see the results, you're like, wow, this actually works. You know, that's exciting. I also think, you know, what you were talking about, the meet and greet is really powerful. When you can treat people that maybe aren't your fellow medical students, because most of us, thankfully, are pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. Although I'm sure if we were, if our hands were really educated, we'd probably find some somatic dysfunctions, but when you're treating people from the community coming in with serious low back pain, you know, and you're the one who is assigned to help them with that, I think it, one, it challenges you. And, you know, if you, if you do help them, you're like, whoa, this is exciting. I'm actually, I didn't think I was very good, but hey, I, I'm learning something in OPP class. And yeah. this is great. So. And I will say, I mean, it's like, Everybody has their own reason why they got into it. Most everybody like really wants to help people as cliche as that sounds like everybody loves people. We want to help people. We want to see 
like we're here to serve and so it's it's nice to be able to have one of the have the experience of like the tangible results of like your efforts in medical school to like take what you learned and then like actually apply it to someone while you're still a medical student in like your first two years yeah. of training and like right. be able to treat someone and have them say they feel better and like yeah. sometimes they come back and it's like you totally fixed that thing that's been bothering me for the last two mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. like it's still good like yeah i'm good and they're really grateful and so it's really rewarding to be able to have experiences like that yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree going home for like thanksgiving christmas and treating family and getting good results was always really exciting to me mm -hmm. so Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Barnhurst, yeah, for being with for us today. Thanks for the uh, root beer. Yeah, absolutely. We're here <laughs> drinking Town Club root beer made with pure cane sugar, made in Detroit, Michigan. So Town Club, if you want to sponsor the podcast, that'd be great. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you so much for your time. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Osteopathic Manipulative Medicine Podcast. Dr. Barnhurst shared a wealth of information about the intern year for osteopathic neuromuscular medicine residents. I hope you all enjoyed and learned as much from this episode as I did.